I saw the news yesterday, Dean, and I was going to congratulate you. Uh, fifth cured person for HIV AIDS. That's great. I'm mm. glad that you've that you've beat it five times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps keeps I'm making really that mistake. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> no, I appreciate. When that, they said man. the person wanted to remain anonymous, I'm like, well, I understand why. You know, when I'm in my darkest moments, there, I just think of Chumbawamba, uh, and mm. uh, I just get back up again. There's nothing else to be done. You have a whiskey drink? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I'll, once I get <laughs> HIV, all I need is a whiskey drink and a vodka drink, and I'm fine. <laughs> Dean at the bar celebrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Reminds me of the better times. But everyone uh, is like talking behind your back and they're like, we do this every month. Do you think we're going to keep doing this? Like, it's been a lot lately that we've had to celebrate exactly the same thing. Yeah, me at 2 a.m. going back for more AIDS. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Late Late Capitalism Show. I'm giving pizzazz. Uh, I'm excited. We're living through one of the great epics of this century. Uh, Boys, are you feeling good about uh, this one year into the Ukraine war? Oh, dude. Yeah. Am I ever? I popped my champagne already. Mm. I've been, you know, perusing my favorite source for news, which is r slash Ukraine. Which is how I stay updated <laughs> on all of the valuable things. And on this time of recording, February 23rd, 2023, the top post from today is what I can only describe as the shittiest picture I've ever seen, which is somebody in London just like splashed yellow and blue paint outside of the Russian embassy. Oh. <laughs> Got him. And it's like not. It's not like two big lines. It's like there's yellow and there's blue and there's like bits of gray. So it's it just looks absolutely horrible. And it has 25,000 upvotes. So you know that's epic. That is epic. Wow. One for each of the Nazi sects within the Ukrainian military. <laughs> well, uh, I've got some bad news. Uh, there's what? actually a much more Reddit post about this war. And it's not actually on Reddit. NATO, the official NATO Twitter account, tweeted out today, Ukraine is hosting one of the great epics of this century. We are Harry Potter and William Wallace, the Navi and Han Solo. We're escaping from Shawshank and blowing up the Death Star. We are fighting the Harkonnens and challenging Thanos. Eye-looking emoji. <laughs> so that's, that, that's the state of things. This is the, the soy war. It's been amazing. It, what a great week because there was, and they talked about it on Chapo, so we won't go into detail there, but also like 
within the same week, the U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan saying that Afghanistani women need black girl magic. Like, That's yeah. sick. Yeah, that was awesome. It was an unbelievable week for just people posting the dumbest shit in the world. I think the black girl magic one is funnier because it sounds like something I would say. What's the Afghani version of black girl magic? I think <laughs> yeah. was the yeah yeah. They well, need that. It was like the Richard Dawkins porno tweet where it's like, you know how we can save the soul of the Middle East for men? It's showing them women loving pornography, and for women, it's instilling the values of black girl magic within them. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> And yeah. for Ukraine, it's yeah, talking about all the cool TV characters we've watched. It's talking about how SpongeBob is standing up to Mr. Krabs. It's talking yeah, about it's... how Steven Steven Universe is hanging out with rocks or whatever that little homo does. They should have what they should have done is go full like brony on it and just be like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like that would have been way better like just like tagging it with friendship is magic or something like that. We are Charlie Brown, and this time we are kicking that football. I'm going to look up Zelensky, MLP, and see what I can find. So give me a moment while you guys carry on. No, please. I must say that uh, the epic bacon war, I did not see it uh, ending up this way. First of all, how do they have enough time to watch these movies? Uh, aren't you supposed <laughs> to be warring with Russia? That's right. It's honestly kind of sad because up until uh, this war, Russia was in a lot of ways the most Reddit country. Uh, th yeah, like they very. don't act like Redditors, but like Redditors are obsessed with them. Yeah, like posting Putin riding a moose or whatever, and like oh yeah, he was just like a, a Chad like cool guy, and the fact that you know it's a like post Soviet <laughs> wasteland just makes that inherently funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I couldn't find any uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, My Little Pony uh, style artwork, but I did find <laughs> two things that <laughs> might be of interest. Uh, one is a picture of him. It actually looks like pig ears, like not bunny ears. They're very pink and floppy. So they look like a sow's ear. So mm. I'm going to describe the image. It's Volodymyr Zelensky. He's got his sow's ears. He's wearing like, you know, that iconic fit, like the green shirt, green jacket, yeah. like the, the olive drab. He's wearing that. He's got gray socks on. Uh, and he is a pig because I can see his pigtail. And he's uh, jacking off his uncircumcised penis. You think oh. he's uncirced? Isn't he a Jew? I can tell from the image, though. There's no demarcation lines. Huh. So I'm guessing this is speculative wow. or like fantasy. And the other one, oh, yeah. separate timeline where he isn't Jewish. <laughs> yeah, with, where they won the war. <laughs> uh, se separate timeline. <laughs> uh, and then the other image is essentially also, as you can imagine, pornographic in nature, but it features quite prominently uh, Officer Judy Hopps from Zootopia 1. Uh, oh, could okay. you send that to me? I will not. You can no. find it on your own time. <laughs> just type, you can fuck. just type in Zelensky Rule 34 and it'll get you there. I'll just type in Judy Hops and see where I end up. Oh, well, that's we've lost chance for the episode now. Great. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ukraine should switch from being a Reddit country to like a Rule 34 country. I think that would actually yeah. be an upgrade for them. The, it would have been a, it would have been great if they were like, "We are Mrs. Incredible. We are Dexter's <laughs> mom. We are like, We are the mom from Bi the aunt from Big Hero 6, who I found out <laughs> that's the one that they photoshopped the extremely large chest onto. So I finally mm -hmm. figured oh, yeah. out the source of that image. I never knew that. Uh yeah, no, like I I would love to see uh, the Ukraine surpass uh, eclipse Japan as the prominent deviant art country. 
Uh, that would mm. be sick. Did you also see that Japan gave like I think it's five point five billion dollars to Ukraine? <laughs> okay. Oh no, Japan's just uh, you know keeping it strong with their their history. They don't want people to forget. Oh, uh, I think <laughs> they're they're trying to make amends after they kind of got embarrassed for the whole Shinzo Abe thing. Both him getting blasted away in broad daylight <laughs> by a guy with a potato gun, but also the fact that. In his death, they revealed his ties to a cult that's like running the country. So I think this is them trying to buy liberal liberal clout, you know? Maybe it's also they're mad because they're like, if this was, if Shinzo Abe got hole blasted in his chest in Russia, it literally would have looked like Fallout 3. Maybe that's why they're like, they're like the filter and everything. With, they're upset with Russia being the wasteland that it is. And they're like, damn, we could have been Fallout 3 living right now. I could have had my own Pip Boy. And it's like, you know what? Valdemir Zelensky could learn a lot from a great Japanese hero while we're on the subject of, you know, treating Ukraine as if it's the staging ground for these epic wars of fantasy. Valdemir Zelensky could learn a lot from Kazuma Kiryu, aka the Dragon of Dojima. He would be the main character in Yakuza. (laughs) So essentially, Kiryu, same thing. He has his iconic outfit. He wears like a white suit to go to war with people on the streets. You know, he's constantly banging on about honor, but he's also doing stuff like accidentally giving a child pornography Mm -hmm. or accidentally voice acting in a Yowie game Mm -hmm. or like we need more side quests is what I'm saying. I totally agree. I feel like the, the Ukraine war thus far, like it's been a pretty samey, pretty repetitive, a little grindy. And yeah, we need a little more variety here. Like it seems like the, the only, like I've been playing this game, like again, all year. And like, there's only one button and it's just ask for money, ask for money, ask for money. Yeah. It's that bum simulator game that came out on steam like <laughs> exactly. five years ago. Okay. Dude, why, can't, why can't Ukraine pull themselves up by their bootstraps? I'm not, that's what I mean. A real welfare queen. No right more now. handouts. Okay. Yeah. One of the most popular posts on r slash Ukraine of all time is, uh, a hashtag Ukrainian man with down syndrome bakes bread to feed soldiers fighting the war. And, uh, I don't know if there's, I feel like if you were to look at the, the metrics for that post, it might yeah. have a lot in common with things such as r slash come town. That was how they pledged to do their part. They're like, look, <laughs> we're going to be online activists and get this post to 48,000 upvotes so people know it's epic. The thing with the Ukrainian war and uh, NATO really pulling back their you know, the veil of secrecy around them pushing propaganda is that trying to be critical of things like NATO and Ukraine, as we've said before on the show, can be really, really difficult to do publicly because people immediately think that that means that you are Mm pro-Russia. It's almost like the Vietnam War, but, you know, not regarding the context of how it happened, but just in that if you were critical of the Vietnam War as a whole, people in America and Canada would immediately assume that that means you are on the side of the Vietnamese. Now, maybe the Vietnam War isn't a good idea to uh, use as an analogy because I am on the side of the Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah, there is but, a good side in this one. <laughs> that would, they were good people, but um, ultimately people's immediate reaction is, oh, that means you're like, down with the sickness regarding russia and it's like no not even like fucking a little bit 
-hmm. It's just, I hate it that, you know, the same people that have made money on every war are literally doing this again, but they've decided that crowdfunding is also (laughs) going to be a big part of it. Like, it's disgusting. Yeah. Like, people didn't crowdfund for Iraq. No, it's true. It just... The the money was uh, like there. It was flowing like spice. Now the money is still there, but they're literally also like, what if you bought this shell that we use to kill people? What if you get the OnlyFans account for this uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Nazi-Ukrainian content creator? Well, yeah, and that's the inevitable result of the commodification of like every social interaction that exists now, where it's like this. This is every war after this will be the soyest war in human history until like something either wipes everybody out or like i said we all just get really into rule 34 yep. instead it, of until the fields are so irradiated that we can't even grow soy anymore that's right <laughs> yeah it'll be the seed oil wars then <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> that'll be a that'll be the horrible horrible day but the other thing dean i think we're we're literally maybe a month out from NATO posting a spicy, funny tweet that goes viral and then posting underneath it, here's my Venmo, here's my cash app. <laughs> um, also, here's I would not be surprised if they, if they tack that on to the end of this Star Wars tweet they just put out. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, you got a couple options. One of them is like you see NATO advertising for those those new suction vibrators, like the, the pink yeah. rose. <laughs> Another one, it's like, hey, y'all, we here at NATO are stuck in a toxic living relationship with Turkey. Any bit of money you have to put towards our, our monthly rent would really help us stupendously. Yeah. Erdogan has not done the dishes in weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's the same people who beat their drums at the idea of Trump doing the same thing, too. And they're like, oh, Trump is like scamming these people. And that's horrible. <laughs> um also i'm totally gonna send my money to fucking nato Mm because they need it they need my money it's just gross but like dean said we should move on from international politics because that isn't our expertise our expertise is more so uh a little a little more down home i guess you could say Now, I will tell you, this story very, 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 very briefly intersects with the world of international politics, simply in the sense that part of what we're going to talk about is the new sensation sweeping several nations. You might have heard Tucker Carlson talk about it. You might have heard Dr. Jordan B. Peterson talk about it. Or if you're a real, true OG listener and you've noticed that a certain Twitter presence has been restored after the purchase, you may have seen, that's right. The Italian Stallion, the WAP who can't be stopped, Mr. Chris Sakacha, <laughs> aka Chris Sky, talking about 15-minute walkable cities and Ooh. how this is a WEF, World Economic Forum, plot to, uh, well, they haven't yeah. really gotten that far yet. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the plot is. It's just <laughs> if it came from the World Economic Forum, it is communism. They're, they're not sure. I just always like it when they bring back like an earlier season villain. <laughs> yeah, so sick. Like two years ago, we talked about the two partners in crime. Quite literally, is of Rob Carbone, 
than mm. Chris Sky. Now Rob Carbone has fallen off hardcore. I was I was hoping we'd get like a 2022 resurgence of the Carbone, but no, he stopped tweeting at the end of 2021 after he and Chris Sky had some kind of falling out that I have to assume was like sexual swinger related because he's he's like a Roger Stone guy. So I assume yeah. like that was the drama. Yeah. Probably. And I, I texted the number Rob Carbone put on his Twitter a few days ago and was like, hey, is this the phone number of Republican Party of Canada leader Rob Carbone? And I just never heard back from him. So he also no. could be dead. I know. I was really hoping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That phone's at the bottom of a lake somewhere. Yeah. That, that's, the only con- that's the only conclusion I could draw. But The if cops you- are going to see that you're the last person in contact <laughs> with him. <them. laughs> So essentially, dear listeners, Rob Carbone, during our discussions of him, we discovered that he was running like a fraudulent multi-billion billionaire like grind set consulting business out of his apartment, which was across from an abortion center, which was a fun little twist in uh, life's great rich pageant. What Chris Sky, much more to talk about with him. He was during the height of the first wave of COVID was talking about, you know, how lockdowns are evil and suggesting that you could like disrupt the public education system by having classes in garages with just random people teaching like incredible stuff, brilliant brain, son of a real estate guy, you know, all kinds of money does HGH uh, literally in 2023, like this week on Twitter said, Oh yeah, I'm a white supremacist, but I have an Asian wife. Make it make sense. (laughs) I really, really thought was funny. You're supposed to be the one making that make sense. Why do I have to answer that question for you? Also, also, it's really funny to say that. Like, I feel like maybe libertarians don't understand the stereotypes against them. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, how can I be racist? I have an Asian wife. It's like, yeah, so do like, you know, every single other one of you. You like, why is this trend a thing? It also ties into another all-time great post from a man that I feel like many have forgotten, but I will never forget, Grant J. Kidney, who back in like 2018 was like, how can I be a racist if I jack off to interracial porn? (laughs) It's just a picture of a black woman in like lingerie. Awesome. (laughs) And Chris Sky, I think the last time we talked about him was in connection to like the Freedom Convoy, where he was like traveling around trying to cross like provincial borders, and he got like detained because... He's Chris Sky, and he loves getting arrested. So he got mm. booted off Twitter for that because he was encouraging people to basically, like, break the law. And then when Elon Musk bought Twitter, he obviously came back and he started tweeting about three weeks ago. And the thing that really kind of brought him back onto my radar, yes, I still follow him because I was just curious to see if he'd ever return. But the big thing that got his name in the news is actually related to a topic we discussed last time, which was Mayor John Tory's sex scandal. So once John Tory got outed for, you know, porking his staffers, Chris Skye decided, rightfully so, that he saw an opening. I'm sure this isn't actually going to happen because he's just like a bullshitter, but he's like, I'm going to be the next mayor of Toronto. Yeah, Me, I don't, Chris Skye. Please. I don't believe him. No. But he's like spoken at like the, the freedom rallies or, you know, whatever, uh, that, that pop up every couple months or so, even though COVID mandates and lockdowns haven't been a thing in like, 18 months but mm-hmm. he was he was speaking for this crowd and if you never heard him speak chris guy is like a monosyllabic guy like he genuinely is like a steroid abuser he's got like just a dog shit beard that is like meshed into tattoos on his neck like he looks like absolute Oof. shit at all times and uh it's been incredible and the big thing that he's been harping on about which i've seen a lot of 
figures on the right also glatch on to now is the notion of the 15-minute walkable city. Mm. And to underscore that, I have a quick little explainer here from Global News titled 15-Minute Cities. What are they and why some people are lashing out against them? So what do you guys think a 15-minute walkable city is? Like, what's your what's your thought about that before we dive in? What's your background knowledge? Um, so so I know I know nothing of these things. Like, I haven't heard this. I'm assuming this is new culture war stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm My guess is it's going to be one person's theory or something like that. And then a lot of people are just blowing it way out of proportion. Because, like, I don't see any cities trying to do anything beneficial for anybody really so like <laughs> why would they do this what about you dean what do you think i i am engaged to a person uh who is obsessive about urban planning and development so i know everything there is to know about 15 minute cities i think that they're a great idea uh i'm very excited to uh put everyone in 15 minute work camps uh <laughs> that that is my utopian dream so, Chance, you're partially correct in the sense that there's like one real main proponent who kind of coined this term in 2016, which is Carlos Moreno, who is an associate professor at Sorbonne University in Paris. And in 2020, mm. he had like this, it's like a 50, it's like a TED talk where he talks about the essentials, of the 15 minute city, which basically boils down to just providing all the services someone could need to, as he says, live, learn, and thrive within their immediate vicinity. So providing all the essential things you would need to, you know, gain access to food or gain access to education, health care, basically trying to reduce humanity's collective carbon footprint by eliminating the need for like individual vehicles outside of like bikes or, you know, longboards, anything that isn't, you know, gas driven carbon. Mm-hmm. You could still have public transit. Yeah, it makes neighborhoods safer, cleaner, yes. more open, more green, basically more livable in every sense of the word. Exactly. It's, in theory, an absolutely fantastic idea. And realistically, in practice, the worst that would happen is you might disrupt the fucking like fossil fuel <laughs> bottom line. But by and large, it's like there's no reason for this not to be implemented or at least experimented with because it would solve a lot of issues related to, for instance, this concept of the food desert where, you know, if you live in one part of town, you just don't have access to like reliable, sustainable food. Or if you don't have a car and you have to get a job somewhere far away and public transit has been slashed or totally defunded altogether in your city, uh, it gives you a chance to actually, you know, get to work and be able to provide for yourself. Yeah, and also key to all of this is uh, if you are in a neighborhood that does rely on cars, uh, cars are very expensive, prohibitively so for a lot of people. Uh, So if you are in a neighborhood that you can basically only transit or maneuver around in a vehicle, that means that you're never going to encounter people who can't also afford vehicles. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's a further like thickening of the divide between classes. So mm-hmm. this would provide maybe a way to at least equalize things a bit, which of course makes the people in power, or more specifically the courtesans for the people in power, their little disgusting weasley mouthpieces, very upset. 
So as mm. the article notes, that this is like a very European concept. Like there's a lot of cities throughout Europe, including Paris, that have been like adopting the concept of the 15 minute walkable city. But what's gotten the right wing fired up, especially in Canada, is that Edmonton has actually expressed interest in uh, experimenting with their own like 15 minute district, yeah. as they call it. Ottawa also has, for the record, just Ooh. no one seemed to raise a stink about that before. I did not know that. So what they were talking about, and this is Edmonton Mayor Amarjeet Sohi, who is saying that like they're going to widen sidewalks, uh, have multi-use trails that encourage walking, and offer sustainable infrastructure in communities where it makes sense. So yeah, greater public transit, easier you know bike lanes, walking paths, and like civic planning in a way that eliminates the over-reliance on individual vehicles. So the, the points that they put against this, and this is what Global says, and I love mm-hmm. the phrasing of this, mildly concerned citizens argue that 15-minute cities <laughs> will increase isolation, while more zealous dissenters have imagined scenarios where citizen movement is monitored through surveillance or that all people are fined for leaving their neighborhoods. That's right. That's a big jump. <laughs> yeah, a huge jump. Uh, and something that just shows, uh, at least to me, the artifice of all of these, like this Q adjacent conspiracy realm that's developed. Uh, because like your average, like, you know, conservative nut job who is just like sitting in his bunker thinking up this shit. The phrase 15 minute city does not evoke visceral fear and panic <laughs> yeah, in him. Terror. You know? Like, no, no, this isn't like a genuine expression of fear of control. This is like a like a deliberately orchestrated maneuver by, you know, the powers that be, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, who are, you know, scripting these conspiracies to be like, okay, well, this hurts the automotive sector. 15-minute cities are bad for automotives, they're bad for petrol, they're bad for... Uh, our highway infrastructure that we're trying to continue to build and build. Uh, we want to keep, uh, you know, developing this green belt. If we're focusing on shrinking everything down, we're not going to do that. So <laughs> we have to turn this into the only stick that we have, a culture war tool. So the only way to turn this thing into something that is so on its face, value neutral for <laughs> your average person maybe traffic is a little but even still if everyone's like walking and taking transit there's going to be less traffic like everything about it just works better so it has to be an existential threat uh and you show some footage of people scanning their phones to get on the subway in china uh as demonstration mm-hmm. of this uh dystopia it's just so funny to imagine like the the parable for this and like 1322 when it's like some kind of night is like hark they're going to try and take away our feudal allotments <laughs> just, <laughs> just like crying just this wispy like silver bearded knight just weeping openly in the town square the the thing that's even stupider than all of that is this uh, like they're like oh like this walkable city like what this terrifying new like postmodern <laughs> idea made by these Marxists it's literally every city that's ever existed except for the last like hundred years hundred years that's yeah it. exactly that's it. every other city was a walkable city you fucking idiot. No, it's like the least <laughs> threatening thing I've heard in the culture war. And not even just like yeah. least threatening, but like there's so little there. It's like 15 minutes is also such a funny amount of time. It's not even the length of like a show. That's <laughs> just like, God, these 15 minute cities. Oh, my God. And so the, the, the images, like the conspiracy images mm-hmm. that are shown. 
this article citing Jordan Peterson. Just give me a moment. I'm trying to click on these images. So one sec. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen these big protests that were in Oxford, Oxford, England. Their city was like, oh, 15 minute cities. We're definitely going to look into that. Sounds like a smart, fun idea. Uh, and then there were mass, like all these old people, like crowding around city hall with these signs, like 15 minute cities. We were never asked. <laughs> it's just, they look so <laughs> ridiculous. Like, that's a, literally grasping at straws. Like they don't yeah. have anything to be mad about other you than that. You didn't ask this me to different. widen that sidewalk. Yeah. And yeah. even Jordan Peterson's like animus over this is so funny. This is what he said in the tweet that they cite here in Global. Also, this tweet posted December 31st, 2022. So a really cool way to spend your New Year's Eve. <laughs> the ideas that neighborhoods should be walkable is lovely. The idea that idiot tyrannical bureaucrats can decide by fiat where you're allowed to drive is perhaps the worst imaginable perversion of that idea. <laughs> and make no mistake, it's part of a well-documented plan. Okay, so him saying... Okay, so I'm not allowed to drive through the front door of the hospital now? Yeah, I was going to say, literally... All city planning has been is telling you where you can and cannot drive. <laughs> also, it's never been anything different. Jordan Peterson knows that things like ghettos existed, right? Which is actually the worst perversion of city planning that you could ever yeah. actually have. Or like red lines. <laughs> yeah. Like anything. This is insane. But like that's as much like venom as he could spit up, which is him saying, oh, what if you can't drive car? And it's like, that's what you're bringing. Like, you're really not putting your best foot forward here. Yeah. And it's very interesting. Like, especially uh, I saw, I can't remember where I picked this up, but I thought it was a really good point that like, this is sort of like the first warning shots of car culture becoming what gun culture is mm -hmm. in the United mm, States. Come and take uh, it, baby. It, <laughs> it'll be like an, an, yeah, exactly. Like, come and take it. Like, you know, these people who are like steadfastly like blind to you know, the massive fatality risks for that vehicles cause these suburban moms with their trucks with clearances like well over three feet, just like killing their kids every single fucking day oh, uh, yeah. in their fucking driveways. You know, you just tie it to like that's freedom. Having a gun is freedom. <laughs> Having a car is freedom. And then it's completely short circuited. Like there's no there's no disentangling that then. So here's a fun little this one really just made me laugh. So in the in the tweet that I read which is Peterson quote tweeting a guy named Don Keeler who says it's already happening. Hashtag great reset. Hashtag jail Schwab. Uh, one of the maps featured is uh, like, a, it's like a theoretical, like a proposal for Canterbury, England, where it has like multiple zones where it's like yellow zone, green zone, blue, purple, and then, you know, the central like red zone. W. Brett Wilson, who you may recall or may remember from beloved show Dragon's Den, <laughs> shared that map so that map of canterbury england which says very clearly in the middle of it in big bright white writing canterbury the edmonton-based eco-alarmists have gone off the deep end nuts crazy irrational bizarre proposal uh, fucking hell <laughs> they want to change how the entire shape of the city <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the and if you look at this map it literally looks nothing like edmonton it's like this flat lowland there's also the a291 the a28 like all of these british autoways like oh mm. I just, it, <laughs> these loony leftists want to move where the river is yeah <laughs> these damn eco alarmists want to turn edmonton to canterbury we can't let them <laughs>
It was just, it was so funny that, it, like, he hasn't removed that tweet either. It's still up there. No, <laughs> of course not. They don't have to, you know? They <laughs> can just keep it rolling. Oh, man. Call that a Canterbury fail, folks. Yeah, there you go. So, W. Brett Wilson, you will get 0% of my business for uh, that just completely brain-dead post. So, it's Edmonton's, like, the center of this culture war, which is, you know, Brett Wilson is in Alberta, so yes, makes sense. Uh, And it's saying, so here's one from YEG United, which is, like, one of those Instagram, you know, uh, activism-style posts. Cool little infographic. Protest against 15-minute cities in Edmonton. Edmonton wants to start something called 15-Minute Cities, where you can't go to any area that is more than 15 minutes from you. Not true. Limiting your movement between districts, as they call it. Not true. You will spend 90% of your life in this 15-minute area as they are monitoring your carbon footprint, a.k.a. your actual footprint. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Get them. This is all a plot by WikiFeet. If, if like, they, they go, like, an extra two blocks, like, north of their house, they're going to get gunned down by the secret police? Is that yeah, what they the think di- is going to happen? The diamond in your hand, like, in Logan's Run, just starts going off. <laughs> you have to duck back into the alley. Our mayor, Amarjeet Sohi, would like Edmonton to become a 15-minute city, uh, which would limit our movement between districts. Alex Alexa Poza, a representative for Yeg United and organizer of the event, told the Western Standard, so basically what they're saying, the main concern about this is, is that this has been discussed and promoted by the World Economic Forum, which is, of course, at the center of a bunch of conspiracy theories. And yeah, it's like, I get it. A bunch of like evil rich people talking in like a ski resort is not a cool idea, but I uh, also don't think it's really that sinister. I think it's literally just a bunch of rich people want to go do cocaine and ski. Yeah. And again, if you actually like poll people uh, and ask them, like, would you like if you could walk to the grocery store, like vast (laughs) majorities are going to say yes. Like this is not like bizarre out there, top down politics. If you ask parents like, hey, do you actually know parents are getting insane now? So maybe that wouldn't be a great parable. But normally in a healthy culture that isn't completely like brain dead and destroyed. If you told parents like, hey, your kids will be a five minute walk from school. Like, what do you think of that? They'd be like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Like, I don't have yeah. to get, get them out of the bus. I don't have to drive and pick them up. Like, I can just walk them over there. Now it's like, well, I don't want my children to be in the same class as, you know, uh, black children. Is kind of like where a lot of parents are at yeah, now. Yeah, or, or like so many kids who like they're just uh, t- again terrified of like being on the street at all. Yeah, like the the main battleground for white women, as, as has been discussed, is parking <laughs> lots because it's the like the one place where you're not in a private like retail store or uh, your home or vehicle. It's the one place where you could actually see someone that mm-hmm. you you can't you get a manager to l- make them leave. I think part of yeah, this, or lock your doors. Yeah, and I think part of the the fear over this fifteen minute city is people are like, oh well, that just that means people from the bad part of town can be mingling in with us. Oh, that's There's exactly like, it. It, it yeah, gets rid of that red that. line suburban crawl. But like at the end of the day, that's exactly what it is. Where it's like, I don't want my children. Yes, going to school with poor children, going to school with you know children of a race that I don't exactly have the coolest opinions about, but I won't say anything about. And it's like that. Like trust me, there's so many like of these insane anxieties that parents hold that are just completely as a result of like culture war or watching at law and order SVU oh, yeah. every single night. Yeah. Just absolute fear yeah. 
of uh, anything that is outside of their control Total fear even a yeah bit. and rather than using you know the expanse of a modern city to push that fear somewhere else it's like ah oh, this forces them to confront all of their fears and prejudices but also this just isn't something that is happening anytime soon <laughs> like at all this is not imminent this is just like oh we're adopting the proposal and we'll see where it goes the with the toronto mayorship like up in the air though like there's been a lot of talk uh in like lib circles even about how inefficient and terrible the gardner expressway is mm-hmm. and if we got someone with like a little bit of ambition i like i really do think that the gardener could be a thing of the past uh which absolutely would be sick like th- this like the reason why there's they're being so like vocal about it is that this is a live issue right now i noticed when i went to go look at chris sky for like some tweets about this uh he still follows me which nice wasn't a big deal when he first started because he was following everybody but now he has 200 like 160,000 followers and only he's only following like 5,000 people and for some reason i'm one of them and that just really cracked <laughs> that's me. so sick you, dude. I'm the vibe check. yeah let's do, let's go uh, but dean please finish out your thoughts i'll tell you about some of his policy speaking of ambitious mayoral candidates yeah no i just have one more thing to say about these 15 minute cities mm-hmm. which is like i think it's important to contrast this with a few weeks ago we were talking about the the gas stove stuff in florida and the states and all that and how that was also ridiculous culture war but it like had no valence in anyone's actual lives like very very few people have gas stoves it was like mm-hmm. complete smoke and mirrors like no one actually cared this is equally ridiculous but massively important to millions of people the way we structure and organize our cities and the the right it's always important for them to be shooting out this mixed bag of ridiculous nonsense and really really important stuff disguised as ridiculous nonsense to just to completely inure you to it yeah exactly it's just like it 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 trivializes all of it right yeah everything is as stupid as gas stove yeah yeah exactly so going through tiptoeing through chris sky's twitter account it's like he he's making up for all the time he missed last year because six days ago so in mid-february 2023 he posted a video update and i'm not gonna play the video for you because it's completely pointless but i'm just gonna read you the text that goes with it shocking travis scott concert update moderna texas and pfizer have created entire communities of vaccine injured people some paid some forced into clinical trial like rats all kept quiet with ndas the world needs to know now what do you think that's in reference to the travis scott thing well like the that uh concert uh, that where the people got that's crushed? right the trampling right <laughs> yeah, did he like, just have all these so in drafts and he just let them all out yeah. now yeah so the travis scott concert which was like either i think it was like late 2021 if anything maybe 2022 like early on but it was that whole thing of like somebody's walking around jabbing people with needles at travis scott and he's implying that they were being injected with covid vaccines (laughs) at the travis scott concert so he posted that in february 2023 which really kind of made him laugh (laughs) and then he posted a picture of of our beloved school teacher with the massive breastuses yeah uh, Mm -hmm. which he's quote tweeting some woman with the tag Annie 25715037, which is a really cool name to have online. Uh, and he's saying, mm-hmm. so is he doing it to expose the agenda in reference to the transgender teacher 
who in one picture is wearing, you know, the large prosthetic breasts, and in the other one kind of looks like heavyset Mark Hamill. So he's like, he's yeah. really just going in on all the culture war stuff. Uh, and it continues. He's also an amazing liar. And by that, I mean, like, he's bad at lying, but he just lies so much about the dumbest things that it becomes amazing again. Feeling blessed as at Porter Airlines called us out on loudspeaker just to tell the airport they were upgrading us for free because they are fans. It's amazing to see a Canadian airline that actually appreciates yeah, right. their customers. I bet. I, <laughs> I wonder bet. if they responded to him. No, Porter Airlines has not responded to him at all, which tells me that they just don't want to bother with this. <laughs> yeah, uh, He was on Alex Jones the other day, so about February 19th, if you're looking for the timestamp on that, Chris Guy on Alex which Jones. I'm, I'm, I am still surprised that Alex is uh, able to keep up doing what yeah. he's doing. Like he's He's a real trooper. He does what he loves. And he does it for all for the And you game. know what? He managed to avoid any of the repercussions from the Kanye stuff. <laughs> like Kanye, yeah. Kanye's career died. And Alex Jones is like, well, uh, I guess I'm still doing this. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the one I was looking for. So February 21st, 2023. Free and single? Ready to mingle? Bringing together unjabbed singles for an evening of fun and the chance to connect with like-minded men and women. Spots are filling Ooh. up, so register today. And our listeners, you can email as well. Email at freeandsingledating at gmail.com or buy tickets through his Eventbrite. <laughs> so he's it's a real, real mixed bag. I don't know. I don't know if you uh, feel like it, Jesse, but if you scroll down to the responses to oh, that yes. tweet... Because it is supposed to be like 35 and under or something like that, or, or even higher. It might be like 55 yeah. and under. It's just a bunch of old dudes complaining like, I want to get myself oh, yeah, a young wife. Why am I not allowed <laughs> yeah, to go? Yeah, I see what you mean now. <laughs> yeah, literally every single thing is like a dude wearing Oakleys in his truck being like, why can't I get a 20-year-old <laughs> wife at this event? Oh, there's a woman who says, more of this. Increase the age range to include 60+. plus." To which he responds, it's just a guideline. And that's how he responded to all of these. It's just a guideline. It's because every single person who likes him is fucking like 100 years and old. Another good one where he was uh, he was a subject of a blog Toronto. So a blog TO post where he was panned as being a racist Holocaust denier. And his response is, here comes the mainstream media hit pieces calling me bad words. Blog TO. <laughs> yeah, the mainstream, mainstream media. media. Oh, no. Watch their mouth out. And in the last few days, he's he's announced some of his priorities if he were to become mayor. One of which that really made me laugh is him just saying, there will be no 15-minute cities when I am Toronto mayor. And I'm not sure if he means like Toronto itself or just more broadly speaking. Just but I just general, thought it was like Toronto, Toronto V. Everywhere. Yeah, I just thought it was a really funny thing for him to uh, kind of campaign on. And uh, he's talking about, oh, yeah, he's using like posts about how the TTC is dangerous to like smear the 15 minute city thing. But this is the latest one, which is from uh, February 23rd, 2023. And this is the one that's not as funny because people are actually dying for this. But as mayor of Toronto, there will be no government funding of all ages drag shows, which what what do you mean no government you're mayor of toronto when when was when are drag shows (laughs) (laughs) you you imagine doug ford being like well uh we need to put more money into the drag shows in the green belt you know not on my watch they're usually like (laughs) wait did he say did he just say drag shows or did he was he talking about like the reading all ages drag shows Hmm. yeah so not drag teams not drag queen story hour 
just all ages drag shows. Well, that's fine. I don't think Toronto gives out grants for that. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. <laughs> no, like you don't get grants for doing drag, really. Like it, it is performance and stuff like that. But like, I, I can let you know what the uh, city of Toronto does fund if you're interested. Oh, oh yeah, please. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to read this article more or less in its entirety. Big shout out to John Reddy of uh, CBC for writing a like by the numbers, just the facts man report with perfect comedic timing. Like every second line is hilarious in this thing. Oh, excellent. Uh, I need it. So here's our headline. Toronto police spend $337,000 on a podcast to avoid perception that they are making (laughs) propaganda. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, this one's a classic. Yeah. They should have... The obvious joke is they should have paid us to do it. Oh, yeah. Which they do. Oh, easy. 300K? I think we could have pulled that off. Yeah, we... We make this show for a little bit less than that, so we could have even cut them a deal. <laughs> 299k it costs per week for us to do this. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, we could have had deep dives like the dangers of fentanyl, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. why brown people should be shot in the back. You know, like all dogs are dogs scary. Dogs are and scary. Here's why. Yeah. It's okay if you lock a yeah. dog in your patrol car and then put like 1600 rounds into it uh your noise being loud hurts me and your yeah, neighbors you yeah know, normalize putting your wife in intensive care like there are so many possibilities here literally all of those ideas are less offensive than the thing they actually did which we will get to <laughs> oh boy uh, well okay maybe not the last one but <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh the the podcast is produced by believe it or not a third party company uh and it's called 24 shades of blue oh my god <laughs> they should have called it, it 50 shades yeah, of blue. that would have been way better well no because they they were too lazy to make 50 fucking episodes they only made 24 <laughs> of these things Jeez. yeah man Yeah, dude, I'm not fucking around. This is all real. Uh, Its objective, according to a statement provided by police, is to offer, quote, behind the scenes looks at policing that take more time than traditional media would offer. Toronto police (laughs) declined to be interviewed for this story. (laughs) I am letting you know that that is $13,000. I was just doing the math, actually. Yeah, Yeah, well, uh, I've I've got some more numbers for you here. Uh, Toronto Police Service says that the podcast has reached 90 four thousand people tracked as either nope, plays it hasn't. or streaming services nope uh so uh-uh. some videos have attracted more than ten thousand views but most totals are in the hundreds uh if you do the math yes of course it means that each audience They're member inflating. was worth three dollars of public money per listen hilarious yeah. which is about the value they ascribe to the average person anyways <laughs> they did not get 90k on their podcast they literally made that number up because a lot of people will do that in order to like sell ad Mm -hmm. space on their show but also like there would be some sort of correlation between their youtube video views and the listens on the show Mm -hmm. Ninety thousand is like up there for what what if they made it mandatory to listen to it in the patrol cars when you're on shift would that help jump the numbers up they did the they did the Justin Bieber thing. <laughs> yeah. Please just put it on, yeah. leave it on mute, yeah. just let it play overnight. Please, please. stream episode twenty three, yummy, and take pictures of your babies <laughs> with the hashtag yummy to help us get this message across. 
but yeah it's it's like they can inflate it because there's no public metric yeah. at all oh it's yeah o- it's only a private Deep- metric <laughs> like you can't inflate a youtube video score unless you're view botting but with subscribers on or or listeners on a podcast like you can just say whatever the fuck you want nobody can double chance do you think there were like drug dealers that were listening to this to try and get like intel you yeah, think the drug yeah. dealers were like oh. headphones on like the the t- tape player playing they're like all right we're gonna figure <laughs> out what they're up to <laughs> <laughs> See if they, if this was Chicago PD, the greatest cop show other than Law and Order SVU, that would have been a subplot where they would have had a Cuban or like Colombian drug lord listening to the cop podcast as a form of counter intel. Scarface, like Tony Montana, hiring twenty people to listen to the podcast as thoroughly as possible. Yeah, exactly, where he's like, we got to know every single move. Yeah, we got to be two steps hey, ahead. Hey, boss, I'm listening to this podcast, and I, I think I've done intersectional racism. <laughs> <laughs> Mother of God. Boss, I think cops really do love Black yeah. History Month. I don't As know As a why. white person, I, I can feel my fragility, boss. I don't know how this is going to help us with the, with the Santiago <laughs> job, but I, I feel like I've grown so much more as a person. Cops can get depression. You didn't <laughs> yeah, know? That's a, they, they, their form of stimming is beating their wives. Man, <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, there, there is a, a uh, little bit of a based quote here from former mayor John Sewell. A former mayor of Toronto who frequently attends police board meetings said it amounts to the service having a free hand. The police get money for anything they want. This is his mm. business as usual. He said it's unclear why they need a podcast. They're in the media all the time. What do they need a podcast <laughs> yeah. for? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that's an excellent question. That's so December, right. December, all you could fucking see if you look tuned into like CP24 or anything is like TTC and the Toronto police being like, it's a jungle yeah. out there. With Without getting any pushback, <laughs> yeah. really. Like literally just free air time. Yeah. They wanted, why did they need to voice the voiceless <laughs> when they're like, you know, the the most sought after yeah, voice? They won't on shut the fuck media. up at any point ever. Even if they didn't report on what they were fucking spewing, they would still just keep spewing shit. Yeah, exactly. They'll set their own press conferences. You know what I mean? It's lucky that we even have this info at all. According to the article, it took. Uh, the police months to respond to their freedom of information request for how much this podcast cost. Well, yeah, they didn't want to give out any information until the story was done. Well, yeah, well, they were hoping to, I think, forestall until after uh, they received their extra $50 million uh, for the budget. And yeah, this news comes to light. It's just fucking ridiculous. They're going to make... 20 more I was going to say, think of how much money, think of how many more episodes they can make now that they got extra $50 million. That's why. They, they have like, been renewed for another yeah. three years. So, <laughs> oh, that, oh, well, that's We good. have that to look forward to. They can have to. OJ on or something. <laughs> yeah, they should have all all of like the famous cops that have killed people on. That could be like their, their profile yeah. series. Their first episode is a, a special guest interview with Chris Dorner. I was going to say, it's my, they're going to do Mindhunter, but Chris Dorner's the villain. It's going to be like Serial and Mindhunter <laughs> with like all these interstitial vignettes of like him in a cab- cabin in California. And you're like, oh, yeah, is that yeah. who I think it is? Oh, man. I hope they hire me for my voice acting talents to be yeah. know, like a thug in season two of 24 Shades of Blue. I also, uh, to assume... Okay, so it doesn't take much to make a podcast, but it takes uh, something to listen to a podcast sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, these cops are making the podcast, right? But, like, how many cops do you think listen to podcasts? And if they do, is it just, like, 
Joe Rogan. Uh, it's just Joe. Yeah. Like they're listening to Rogan yeah. and like uh, Tiger Belly <laughs> oh, and man. like uh, Legion of Scare. Yeah, they listen to Red Scare. Like, pardon my take. They listen. Yeah. To, they listen to uh, what the fuck and Red Scare. Yeah, I don't know who they thought their audience would be. Cop loving. Well people let's let's look a little deeper into this uh the show is produced by obi and axe incorporated a podcasting company that would be worth the half a million dollars yeah. if opi and anthony that's what anthony kumi has been up to <laughs> <laughs> oh man sorry, sorry only like a real no. degenerate radio listeners will understand that reference <laughs> that's so stupid <laughs> anyway uh opie and axe this company they operate in toronto in the states and they make shows for police government agencies and large corporations <laughs> what like that's that's what no they do. way see uh, i thought this was gonna be i thought job. this was gonna be the don cherry podcast people like if i had to bet money that's who i thought would have done this but it's interesting to like hear. damage control pr well stuff? just like the people like the people that you know produce his podcast i feel like this is a natural jumping off point of like what other podcast oh, would you yeah, know yeah, right yeah. yeah interesting uh, okay Later in the article, uh, they talk about uh, the police have their own damage control PR guys. That's a separate yeah. fund. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But, oh, like, good. Uh, oh, good. Documents show company co-founder and CEO Andy O'Brien approached former Deputy Chief Shauna Coxon about doing a podcast in 2020. And Coxon moved the plan forward within the service. <laughs> Great timing, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 20 Coxon, have you also heard about Web3? Yeah. Uh, Coxon now works for ireland's police service and serves on obi and axes uh incorporated's board the company said in an email she is not paid for that position sure dick rat yeah no, she's just dick rat i fucking bet yeah uh coxon wrote in an email quote andy o'brien is nothing short of a character with mad skills and startups he runs the cool podcast i showed you the deck on He's got mad skills. We have to give this guy $300,000. No way. I hate this. I hate this so Nobody much. said mad. Did skills have a Z on it? Mad skills. It does not have a Z, unfortunately. <sighs> Dean, that's like you talking about no, like, I, 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 or something. Like, that's not fucking... It's beyond parody. <laughs> it, it's frankly unbelievable. We have Again, to listen like, to the The comedic show timing of this article is beyond the pale absurd there was no discussion of launching a competitive bidding process to see if a better deal was out there in the documents cbc toronto obtained with communication officials citing four reasons to justify sole sourcing those reasons included the podcasters being well known uh have you ever heard of them uh opie and anthony yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah they're fucking here man that's a good point yeah uh their company also has, quote, an exemplary advisory board. It is the only podcast in Canada that will produce a sub-podcast from beginning to end, including providing hosts, set, sound, and editing. Oh, my God. Uh, there is no detailed research to support any of these statements, believe it or not. So these guys can't even riff. Like, they're being bought and paid for. Like, it's like, here are your oh, notes. Yeah. Here's the podcast. That's, see, I thought they were going to have, like, actual cops running it. That would have been way more interesting and, like, way more you know <laughs> telling as to what they actually think and do mm-hmm. and behave ah uh, that's just corporate bullshit that sucks it's just talking heads yeah these these ob and axe guys those are their names are the hosts 
Uh, and they just interview the cops each episode. They, they make it clear in their interviews uh, with the police that nothing will be sent out on our platforms unless you approve of it. Oh, my so, God. Think Jesus. about the cutting room floor for that show. You think ours is bad? Yeah. That's what I mean. Release the Obi and, and Axe. Oh, that would be so <laughs> That's what sick. I want. Yeah, they, uh, they made they made all the Toronto cops ride a Sibian during their interview. <laughs> <laughs> Beetlejuice is in the yeah. corner. <laughs> Beetlejuice executed by Toronto police during, <laughs> during officer involved podcast. <laughs> In a 2020 memo by this coxswain woman, she writes, quote, Police agencies that have run their own media programs have been accused of propaganda, and this will mitigate this risk by presenting it as a third party. <laughs> yeah, so, except so for the, cool. the funding, the guests, the general theory. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Good job, guys. You nailed it. The documents oh don't God. lay out any metrics for the podcast's success in terms of audience. However, the documents show not. that the service is pleased with what they are getting, even if there's limited public return. One document suggests that the show appears to be reaching one demographic police struggle to connect with. Men aged 18 to 34. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It's like... <laughs> I would have guessed the one demographic was was five year old boys who, when you ask them what they want to be when they grow up, the <laughs> yeah. answer is always cops. Uh, yeah, eighteen yeah. to thirty four. I bet there's some real well adjusted young men listening to that show. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's literally people probably <laughs> listening to their bosses get interviewed, and so they could show up and be like, "That was a great <laughs> yeah. show." Yeah, I it's the Dick that. Riding podcast. I get you. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I, I've been beating around the bush. I haven't actually taught you what 24 Shades of Blue is about. It's uh, labeled as true crime. And all of the episodes tell stories of different missing person cases uh, that Toronto oh Police Services failed to solve. They've unsolved cases. All of them are young women, naturally. Oh, I thought you were going to say all of them were like, ah. all of them were like the gay village, which also would be very on brand. No, so even... If you were taking this on its face value of uh, the cops, like, trying to educate people about, like, how they do their jobs or something, and the basis face value you could understand why there would be merit to something like that. But no, <laughs> this is just chasing, like, the most popular trend in podcasting right now, true crime, uh, and parading out all of these women that the Toronto police failed in order to boost their own popularity. It's fucking Some of sickening. Whom- were probably murdered by mm-hmm. Toronto police officers. Oh, yeah. Just statistically that's, that's why they speaking. Yeah, can't they're probably talking solved. to the fucking <laughs> yeah. the fucking main suspect walks in and is like, "We tried really fucking hard." Yeah, I, I gave you all the clues, Mister. Yeah, I, I I've talked about us listening to some of these episodes and like doing a show reviewing them. I'm I can't subject us to that. I can't subject you, the um, listener, to that because it's just so revolting. I'll just give you one detail here. And more importantly, you can't subject me, Chancellor, to that. <laughs> yeah, that's you true. You don't review the media. You've got like one of ten media projects we've done that you have. Dude, I fucking I watched. I know the VIP <laughs> that was that was the one. Suck my what if dick. It, okay, what if the podcast Fuck was about you. cops that were like trying to pick up women? Would you listen to that podcast? Yeah, maybe it's because it had special interest <laughs> to my hobby. Yeah, right. I want pickup artist yeah, cop pick podcast. Up officers. I would listen to that in a heartbeat. But yeah, this yeah. is this is everything you need to know about Twenty Four Shades of Blue. Uh, in the 
there's this one episode that links three missing teens to like mm. gang violence based on just apparently pure speculation. And after noting the details of an unrelated unsolved murder, the host floats gossip that he heard from, quote, his contacts uh, that told him it was an execution style murder, a point blank shooting. And then the cop is like, oh, you know, we can't confirm or deny anything like that. God knows where you heard that. Certainly not me telling you off mic 30 seconds before. But what the Mm. fuck, man? Just really gross shit. It's so awful they picked the least interesting podcast trend to jump on. I think it would have, once again, been way better if they'd gone like a call her daddy or guys I've fucked around and just had like a female Toronto cop talk about all of her like horrible coworkers that she's fucked. Like that'd be way more interesting. And it would fit the whole 24 shades of blue aesthetic. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that that's much smarter. So yeah, that's 24 shades of blue, your tax dollars at work. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what else to say. It's disgusting. It's revolting. It's too funny to even believe. Um, so that's okay. yeah, they, yeah. they should they should just have put the money into pretty hard cases or I would prefer make more flashpoint. Now that if you want to do a show that's not <laughs> copaganda, make more flashpoint, yeah, make more episodes I, about a Muslim farm that you can put a sniper on. At know? least we will, yeah, we'll watch the TV shows you make. We're not going to listen to your fucking podcast, man. Yeah, come on. Step on my turf again. I dare Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, yeah, we officially have a beef with the Toronto yeah. podcast division we, or whatever We they caught are. you lacking. If any of those pigs want to come on the show. <laughs> yeah, we'll interview, we'll interview a Toronto police officer. Sure, why not? I'm, I'm going to roll up to the Toronto Police uh, Services podcast station with like an ancient blunderbuss, their most feared weapon. <laughs> they won't be able to resist me. <laughs> we're we're going to show up with like one of the old mics that used to come down from the ceiling for boxing matches. They're going to confiscate it and post it on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll be that and the $10 I have in my yeah. pocket. And they're like, big bust. Yeah, we, we have made the streets a safer place. <laughs> which in our ongoing battle to stop this city from becoming 15 minutes the toronto police are at the front line of it we have confiscated <laughs> over 200 wax cylinders from the llcs headquarters <laughs> that's right <laughs> Jesus. We, we will know when when chris guy is mayor of toronto he will no longer put government funding towards the old victrola and then also <laughs> any any screenings of steamboat mickey enough is enough <laughs> <laughs> no more ragtime. They're, yeah, they're burning right. ragtime records like they're disco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's it. that's about as as dumb as I can be for today. Yeah, fifteen minute cities, twenty four shades of blue, a lot of numbers going on. You know, yeah, if, yeah. Find the connections, folks. That's right. It's all out there. And as always, at the end of the episode, we will have uh, some backwards playing content, giving you another stream of numbers, instructing you, the listener, what you need to do until our next episode comes out. So stay tuned for that as well. (laughs) All right. God bless.